Hey, Scream Thought Lovers, it's Hollister here, back after last week's podcast that we did with Jeanette and Brian, and they're here too. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us back. Yeah, well, we had such a nice response from everybody. Thanks for welcoming us, and while we miss O'Toole terribly, it's really good to be able to be back on the air and talk about amazing things that are happening in film and television. So uh, here we are this week, and we're going to start off with, first, there was 16 Candles. Okay, then there was The Breakfast Club. And then in 2007, there was Juno. Do you guys remember Juno? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I loved Juno. I remember O'Toole hated Juno. We talked about it. She did, yeah. And then people loved it or hated it. It was no middle of the road, but it was a very unique and different kind of of movie. Everyone was talking about it because it hadn't been done that way before. Um, You know, and you remember Juno. She was the darling of the high school teenager misfit. You know, she was filled with humor and pain together. The combination of the humor and pain, which was the perfect combination in my mind for a good film. So now we have Love, Simon. Who to thunk? Jeanette and Brian said, we're going to Love, Simon. And I'm like, okay. And then a couple of people said, oh my gosh, have you seen it? Have you seen it? Okay, somebody start off. I had no idea. I haven't laughed that hard oh. in a movie in such a long time. L-O-L out loud. Absolutely. It- I loved it. I, I kind I, I forgot what the movie was about, and then someone mentioned it. It's like, oh right. And then when I started when I started watching the movie, I was like, oh right, it's this movie. And I, from beginning to end, loved it. I know. Well, not only that, it was unexpected, and I think probably part of the problem is Love Simon is not, the 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 trailer doesn't do it justice. It right. doesn't. And the name isn't compelling it either. Doesn't. You don't know what it's about, really. All right, but the reason it's taking off interesting stars and other human beings, stars from Hollywood uh-huh. and other human beings, are buying out the film and they're providing showings for free all over the country. I mean, just let me give you a little Neil Patrick Harris, uh, he and his husband, David Berkta, um, paid, paid it forward. They did a buyout in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, Beyonce bought it out, Christian Bell bought it out, and she did it in Edina, Minnesota. Um, Modern Family star Jesse Tyler Ferguson and, and, and his husband Justin bought it out. And we have um, a soccer player, Sasha Kajenstan. I, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but his wife, they bought one out in Regal Park Village's 8 p.m. showing in Orlando. Jennifer Gardner. Um, she, who stars in it, by the way, she bought out a theater in Charleston, West Virginia, all over the country. People are buying out the theater and they're inviting young people to come and see the film. So I think that sort of speaks to the fact that there's so many cool messages. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's entertaining. It's not just a message. It's not even to, to say it's not just a message film is even wrong because it's, it's an entertaining, it's like a John Hughes film. Yeah. But it also has great messages. So what's a John? What, which John? I don't know John Hughes. Like I don't know 16 the name. Candles. That's sixteen candles. Oh, oh. Breakfast yeah. Club, yeah. Right. So I think it's. I, that's what I. I kept thinking watching this movie. First of all, it's got a feel. It's got the feel of like an indie film, but it fits mainstream. And I kept thinking, you know, I was a child of the eighties. I so I, I was in high school when Sixteen Candles and Breakfast Club and all those and. I kept thinking this is just like those movies. It had the same feel yeah. to it. And it's kind of nice that a topic like struggling with revealing your 
sexuality to your loved ones and, and even the people you don't love, but to, to the outside world, um, is being like for the people that have had to go through that, they, they deserve having this kind of a movie too, because we all could relate to those other movies for ourselves. We found the things that, and I could relate actually right. to this movie, even though that's not my story. Right. Um, but you, everyone has to announce who they are. And I think that message was very clear, whether you're announcing that I'm, or someone announces it for or you. Someone right. Announces right. It. Well, that's the yeah. thing. This, this movie is relatable no matter what. Right. Well, I think it, it certainly relates to all ages as well, but we should probably say here that in case you haven't heard about it, it is the story of a gay teen coming out in his first love in high school. Um, but, you know, both both of those two things. So, And there's also, though, family. So there's the parent-child relationship that's so beautifully woven. There's the friend-friend relationship. There's the cool kids, not cool kids in high school relationship. Right. There's the first love relationship. There's the coming out as a gay person, you know, um, and they do it. I mean, I, whoever wrote this, you yeah. know, hello. It was brilliant. And and some of the secondary characters were a, were fantastic. So Tony Hale, who is the vice principal, he, he's, <laughs> if people oh, know Veep. him from Veep, he's Gary and Veep. Oh, okay. I don't know. I never watched Veep. Oh, my but, God. Okay. I haven't watched Veep, but that's for another day. Okay. But he was, I mean, he was he was so slimy and wonderfully horrible. But hilarious. In the, but slimy in a compelling empathetic way yeah, that you don't right. hate him right. until the end. Yeah, well, when he walked away from him in the end, I'm like, you and I are done. Our relationship is over. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I agreed, but he was, he was, he, he was sort of out of central casting, but he was so funny. And then my favorite, the, my favorite character was Ms. Albright, played oh. by Natasha Rothwell, who was a writer for SNL. Um, and she was fantastic. She the oh, she the, was the a writer di- at SNL. Yeah, she was the so theater director. She wasn't director. an actor on no, SNL. No, she was a writer. She at was SNL. the theater director in um, in, in the, the movie. movie. Yes. yes, yes. Okay, best line that she had. Anybody? I, yes. Wait. She. The, her, my favorite line was. I know what it is because I'm going to get my tubes tied. Oh, that one was good too. But well, she said two two things. She, uh, two favorite lines that I saw. The first one she said was, "I I was an extra in The Lion King, and this is where I am now." <laughs> And then the second one, she turns to this kid and says, he's on the stage and she's bemoaning the lack of true professionalism and, 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 uh, talent, talent, you know, in the, in the play she's, you know, she's directing. She says, Suraj, stop pretending that trumpet is your penis. It's a rental. <laughs> that was very funny. I mean, she delivers she a line about nobody's mama. Yeah, yeah she but does. The, she the does. line I was mentioning, and I don't, I didn't write it down, but basically, she she took the boombox away from those kids and said, "I'm going to sell this. I'll use the money to get my tubes tied." And it was just hilarious. Yeah, no. yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, now let's talk about the family. There was one character in the family that they didn't develop enough, and I missed it. I wanted more of the her. sister. Yes. Did you agree? Yeah, I thought they gave her some stuff, but it wasn't about her. But right. I, yeah. yeah, but we had enough of all the others to. All we knew is that she liked to cook. Right. And then she comes in and has this heart wrenching scene with her brother, but it almost was like a stranger coming in their room to have it. I felt like I needed a little more of her before that to be able to have her have that intimate time with him. I felt that was the only character that wasn't beautifully developed. By the way, they had to develop 10 characters, a lot of characters. Yeah. And they had to do it in a compelling, funny, and and amazing way. And right. they did a great job. And you job. could still relate to them. So the guy who was that sleazeball Martin who outed Simon is, 
you still could sort of have empathy for By him. By the way, that's a, that's a spoiler in case you yeah. Oh, I'm Here's sorry. we're giving you a spoiler alert after we spoil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know the rules. <laughs> there is Should no we just rule. say Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Anyway, he um I even had I cared about him. Like you felt sorry for him. And you understood a little bit why he behaved the way he behaved, even though that didn't make well, it okay. Well, he behaved in a parallel way to Simon. You know, to protect himself, he did, you know. But I think that's important. I think that you can't make characters so far out there that you're just going to hate them. And they have to be somewhat believable, even though there's some crazy stuff that happens in the movie and what that character does to, to win over the love of one of the other characters it was way out there, but it comes back down to reality when you see the real person behind it. And I think that's important. So I think it's good that you have some empathy towards somebody like that. Well, yeah. not only that, you know, I've always said in my personal life as well, you know, you're not the sum total of the worst thing you ever did. You know, we are all people who have great points and other points. And what was nice was to see the vulnerability. You know, Simon wasn't perfect. No, no, he was not. None, yeah, but there if was, he were, it would not be a good movie. No, there was yeah. no one perfect, and I think that's you know, true of everything, and I think that's why this movie was so wonderful, because everybody had their faults. The combination of pain and humor, I, I do think it was very Juno-esque, mm-hmm. and I, I think that combination's brilliant. I think when you bring, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening to him, and then there's humor alongside it, it, it there is nothing better. And the other thing in plot-wise that I thought they did really well was you looked at that family and thought, wish that was my family. Right. And, and they that, weren't perfect either, but they were a great I know. family. But then when the imperfections showed up, it was like every, no family is, you know, the, the um, wait, what's that TV show? No oh, family. Leave it to Beaver? <laughs> no family is, what's that show? Leave, leave it, it to Beaver. Beaver. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> leave it to Beaver. No, you know, that just doesn't exist. And I thought that was a beautiful way, you know, to present it as well. So, so what do you think about the direction? Did you think it was a difficult thing to direct? I well, it didn't look. It looked very smooth and effortless. So I'm Which sure that was hard to do. So when you're doing ten subplots, and when you're doing ten subplots and bringing it together, that's no easy task. Yeah, very I, true. I can imagine it was a difficult thing to to direct based on that. But I think all the actors were wonderful. And I think when you have good talent to work with, makes the director's life a lot easier. Well, you know, it's funny. There's the, the little details that the director did I thought were amazing. One of them I'm going to give an example of. So he drives a bunch of kids to school every day. When I was in high school in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, I drove seven kids to school in my car every day. I had to leave an hour before school <laughs> just to pick everybody up. So the so this so Simon drives a bunch of kids to school. So he pulls into the driveway of his guy friend who gets in the back seat of the car. Then he backs the car up to the driveway exactly opposite the driveway he's just driven into and a girl gets in the car. It's not like he's she can't walk across the street. Right. <laughs> you know? That's true. It's but those little nuanced things that made me chuckle inside were really, really wonderfully done. I really thought they were really well done. So I you know, I give it a million you know, rotten tomatoes, you wanna to know what they gave it? Yeah, sure. what did they give it? Okay. I took 
uh, Rotten Tomatoes apart when they totally viscerated my the Red Sparrow love that I had and said it was gender-based around men. Okay, and then they gave this a 91. Wow. So okay. I know that I have to take it back and eat crow on that one. So. I have to say... Or eat some Red Sparrow. Love, Simon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Love, Simon. I This was absolutely by far one of my favorite movies in a while. <laughs> so wait, Kent, let me ask you a question though. So are you going to tell people to go watch it? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I have, have already tried and they don't want to, they don't want to talk about it. Really? Yes. They're like, I'm not going to that movie. It seems like it's a high schooler kind of movie rather than a movie for all 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 age groups. Interesting. I but it's true though. When I was leaving, I'm thinking, "Oh, I should make sure that my my nieces and nephews go." You know, I, that's what I was in fact, I've already told one of my sisters but I don't, to take her kids. I didn't think that. I was thinking this is... I mean, I think some people may have a problem with it and may not want to see it, but that's their problem. Again, I think they needed... They should have redone that trailer. The trailer wasn't good. Yeah. I don't recall the trailer, actually. I, I don't know that I really saw it. A friend of mine had seen it, which is... And went on and on about how great it was, which that's is why, why we, went, we wanted right? to go. Isn't yeah. that why you picked it? The yeah. trailer... I remember we had seen the trailer in another movie that we were watching and I remember going, oh, I want to see that movie, but I don't remember the trailer, hmm. so... Hmm. Well, we're going to we, we're gonna leave it behind, but it's the kind of movie I wish I hadn't seen so I could see it for the first time again. I would love to see it I again. would see it a second time in bed. I bet we'd laugh just as hard. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's the movie you wish you hadn't seen yeah, so you could see it Yeah, go see this movie. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Run. And also, if you can, buy the theater out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really. I I would buy the theater out. I love, you know, maybe that's going to be a new thing. On Movies That Matter, you know, hashtag Movies That Matter, people will start buying theaters out so that people who can't really afford, you know, going to the movies is not cheap. So I love that. And it wasn't just people from Hollywood who bought the theater out. It was all kinds of people. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Now, also, got to announce, the Americans dropped. Uh, Do you guys watch the Americans? I do. Brian does not. I do not. Brian, I, you know, you're, you're fired. We're not inviting you anymore. Sorry. How could you not watch The Americans? I just didn't. Did you try? Not really. It didn't interest me. I mean, I, it's interesting, but Schnett's so He's far into it. He's not a Kerry Russell it. fan? Are you a Russian spy? Yeah, I'm not a Kerry Russell <laughs> fan. Oh, oh, you know what? A lot of, some people I aren't. And people spy. who aren't have told me they don't like it either, so. Yes, you've caught is... me. I am a Russian spy. <laughs> Yes, well, how's that working for you? Not so good. I've been deported. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not working good for anybody. It dropped this week, and I didn't watch it because it's the last season, and I'm heartbroken. Yeah. So I'm not sure if I can... You know how, uh, you know, my, my daughter, about whom I'm never allowed to speak on our podcast, you know, she loves um, Salinger. And since he'd only written, I think, seven books, she refused to read the last book because she didn't want to have read all of Salinger. So for years, she wouldn't read the last, the last book that was out. I just, I'm so sad this is going to end. And I know they're really going to end it because everybody wants to move on. But also, it's so relevant in today's world. I know, world. and it's amazing that it's been this, how many seasons is it? Seven, eight seasons? This is the seventh season. Seventh season. And they couldn't have known what was going to happen in, our re, in the real world Um when they first started that, but it is so relevant because you realize how, how, I mean, obviously it's fictional, but how they go about infiltrating, exactly. you know, a community. Well, it's interesting. The person who's, who, um, who, who presented the series is an ex-CIA agent who was actually involved because it's based on true stories of uh, Russians did plant American families in America to do just that, to connect with people locally and get, get information. 
And they interviewed him recently and said, did you have any idea that all of this other was going on? And he said, absolutely not. I'm just lucky that it, you know, I'm just lucky that it all went that way. So for the American lovers out there, you know, it's back, it's back, but this is the last one. So, um, so that makes me very sad. And then the second thing to keep in our theme of a little bit of politics here, Roseanne. Yes, we watched that. We did watch that. I, I enjoyed it. Did you wait? We have to talk. Did you watch her when she was on for those eight years? Yeah. Yes. I never watched the show before. Uh, oh, you didn't? So, that thing about the show that they had, um, the one that they came back with, it brought me back to the old show. I felt like it never. It was very they, authentic yeah. to the original show. Well, let me just give you a few statistics around it, okay? So it made, you know, what I consider to be a triumphant return. I mean, triumphant, okay? Um, It blew out the past projections for any returning show ever in the history of time. So, um, okay, so it had 18.2 million total viewers and so much so that they're rerunning it this upcoming Sunday night. Oh, wow. Our podcast will come out on Friday morning and Sunday night they're rerunning it because some people who didn't see it want to see it. Okay. So it drew 10% more viewers than the original series finale 21 years ago. Okay. It's okay. It's not it it drew 10% more viewers than the original series finale 21 years ago. Wow. Okay. Both Trump and Roseanne were able to tap into the often overlooked and underserved working class uh, audience, and especially the portion that holds most conservative views. So in this new revamp of Roseanne, basically there are, she's showing, it's actually fine, Roseanne is showing both sides, Trump's and people who, you know, in the liberal left. And she brings them together under the same household, which is happening all across America. And they're fighting about it, and they're showing all their different aspects of it. And But she did it in a way that was so palatable that I wasn't even mad. Like, I had great, you know, they're sitting there. The one scene that just made me cry was they're sitting there, and he, they had talked in the, in the series when it ran eight years ago, about how they were going to retire and they were going to go on cruises and they were going to do all of these things. And here they are, 10 years later, retired and not barely able to make ends meet. Right. Right. And he brings home pills and he calls himself the candy man and they start to divide them up because they don't have enough money for pills for both of them because the cost, even if you are retired and on Medicare, is so great that you can't afford to buy them. So... So like their Lipitor, they divide in half, so they only take one every other day instead of every day. It was heart-wrenching, but funny. Again, that, right. that same theme of being able to do both. And I think it was the first time I could actually bring together my feelings about people who I am having a hard time understanding. I really, I thought it was so brilliantly done. But what's interesting about that show, that episode is that's what Roseanne was years ago. That's what they're saying. It, yeah. that, and I really felt like, I was it 20 years? I don't know how it was long it was. Long but it's, it's, like, they picked, it's like they picked up 20 years later and it ha- they're the same people. And they've grown older, but they're the same people. These actors are amazing because I felt like they haven't done anything differently. They didn't change anything. Well, if we get back to the stats for a minute, get this. So, um, so it was number one in Tulsa which Trump won by 65%. 
It was followed by Cincinnati, Ohio, Kansas City, Missouri. The only marquee city from a blue state in the top ten was Chicago at number five. New York City barely watched it. Really? Yeah. And wow. norm, normally when something like this comes out, New York City like takes the top of the heap. Here's my message to the world out there. And by the way, we're going to boost it on Facebook so the world hears me loud and clear. If you sit on the side of the fence that I do, which is I, I just can't see Trump, the Trump situation clearly, and I don't understand my fellow Americans who support him, you have to start watching this show because I think it's going to be able to open the doorway for real dialogue between the two. You could see in the dialogue that went between liberal and conservative, you could see both sides of that coin in this show. She's genius. Right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, it, it's interesting to see... You know, clearly in the battle that they had when Jackie and Roseanne were going back and forth with each Jackie other. Sir, Roseanne's Jackie's sister, Roseanne's sister. Who they haven't spoken in a year when we right, left. Right, because they hadn't really spoken since the election. Exactly. Um, Which, by the way, is very, you know, common real. in America. Yeah. It's very yeah. real. Yeah, I, yeah. Can, I can relate. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so it's interesting. It will be interesting to see how they continue to handle it. And maybe they won't have battle, you know, political debates on a regular basis. But the one big back and forth that they had... Roseanne came out the winner, which her character has to, because Jackie would never beat. And Roseanne, Roseanne always in a, wins in a in a conversation. Well, and, you know, Joe, she was on. Roseanne was on Jimmy Kimmel after it aired, and she voted for Trump. She, no, I know, yeah, yeah, but she said um, she did. Re, she refused to. She refused to say that. She was that Roseanne on the air is still for Trump. What she's saying is Roseanne voted for Trump. But what was really poignant for me was I have a feeling if if the series continues, um, we may find that Roseanne is a bit disillusioned because clearly on Jimmy Kimmel she was also. And the basically actors. what yes. And what she said to Kimmel was, um, what you want Pence? You think Pence is gonna be better? He's more scary in a way. That's sort of what she was saying. Now guess who called her right after the show aired? No, I know Donald Trump called her and and was and was congratulating her. So and and that's nice. I mean, I think that the, you know the good for good for him for paying attention to the show and what's going on. I mean, there were things that were discussed in that show too that I think are important issues. The whole um, the son dressing in what would be more typical girl type clothing. Well, was trans, um, he was a trend. He was dressing trends. Trans, yeah, but he, no, identifies but he was a boy. Right. He identifies exactly. himself as a boy. So he right. just they wears, touched on yeah. so many amazing. Yeah. But what's interesting too is that I was I was thinking about what people you know where maybe their politics lied, and actually Dan, you know the the father grandfather, actually not sure how he voted. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even pick that up. Because I don't, he sort of stayed out of it. He let the argument between the two sisters go, but I don't know. Well, she points out he stays out of everything by sitting in the right. garage drinking. So yeah. it's quite possible that he voted for Hillary. Maybe. <laughs> if you want to think that, so you can, I think it's that's good. Po- and then they'd have but, one of each because we all know Jackie right. voted for Jill Stein. But no, that's what I'm saying <laughs> is that I, I mean, maybe he didn't, maybe he did, but I don't think you know. I think they did a nice job. You're like, wait. Who did he vote for? And we may never know. And that's okay. But what I loved about it was, and I do, I beg my liberal friends to watch, is I had a a deeper understanding of 
where other people in America are coming from. But I do think the demographics of who watched are very, very interesting. Yeah, that is. Well, I think I she probably it. did a lot to help Trump's position. I bet his. I get. I bet he gets an uptick. I'm telling you, with that many Americans watching from that demographic, the people who were moving away from him may come back just a little bit and say, "See, he's not so bad." Right. No, I would agree. She. Yep. She did a. She did the best job I've seen of someone arguing you know, for although they did show, come in and be his communications but they did director. Show, they did showcase the fact that their lives are any better. In fact, they're worse. So I don't know. I don't know. If, it'll be interesting to see how that it, how right. it is. Well, the other thing that she said on the Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel show was that she wants him to succeed because we should all want our president of course. to succeed. Right. You know? And I try to come from that position, but right now I do not feel that. <laughs> I just want to out myself. Okay. Okay. By the way, outing myself, I just realized that it's 30 years, not 20, that this show... Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. You know, 30 years ago when she started, she had a huge fight with the director who wanted to go in a very different direction. And basically, she had him fired. And not only that, she told a bunch of people on the set, in one year, when I'm the number one show, you're all going to be fired. And she did fire them. Secondly, the, um, the network... When it became the number one show, got her a chocolate cake. They show the chocolate cake with a big one on it. And you see her looking at this cake. It's a great documentary. And then she says, I don't understand it. The other shows that were in the top five, you gave them a Maserati. In other words, they were all male hmm. lead shows. Male, you know, she wrote it. She, you know, it was all yeah. her concept. Her name is on it. Yeah. Right. Okay. They gave her, a, a, as she says, a chocolate cake. With a it made in the shape of a one, and everybody else got millions and hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. of upticks, and she fought like a banshee at a time when it was not easy for her to do that. She was a groundbreaker back then, people, in terms of feminist points of view. So be sure if you're going to watch it on man, be sure and and watch it and watch it there too. So anything else on Ro- Roseanne that you want? Got to watch it. Got to watch it. Yeah, no, I re- I loved it. I'm looking forward to watching the next episode. I'm not sure there is going to be one. I don't oh, think they've. But they need to yet. make a new episode. I know. I thought yeah. they were doing eight episodes. Is now. that right? Okay, I don't I know. I thought there was. Oh well. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll take that out if it's not true. But, um, okay. And then lastly, you have to introduce this because you introduced. So I get this little email from Shanette and Brian saying. Hey, I know we're gonna, you know, we're gonna podcast this week. Um, if you have a minute, could you watch the show Rise? I, it's on NBC. I'm like Rise. I never heard of the show. It, I think it's the best show of the season. For God's sake, how come I never heard of it? I don't know how you missed it, but it's great. And it made me, you know, watching Love Simon made me think about Rise repeatedly because they. It's also, you know, a working class town dealing with a theater department, also to a certain extent, and. Um, not that there's a big part of Love, Simon, but in Rise, it's a big part. So we have um, Josh Radner, who people would know from How I Met Your Mother. He is in. He stars in this as a high school English teacher who takes over the drama department, and he wants to shake things up. I mean, they've done... And Rosie Perez had been the director in Love her. She's Good to great. see her back on the yeah. screen. She's been yeah. gone too long. Absolutely. And she, she does a great job. She sticks around as the assistant director in this theater department that has zero budget. And they've done back and forth, I think, Grease and Pirates of Penzance. And then this new, um, the Josh Radner character decides they're going to do Spring Awakening. 
and Spring Awakening for Which, those. By the way, I haven't read it now. I feel guilty about that. I'm going to read it. I swear right away. Yeah, I I haven't read it's it, and play, I have yeah. It's a play originally, but it's a musical. Yeah. It was in in 2006. It was turned into a, a Broadway musical that won eight Tony yeah. Awards, um, and it's about teenagers coming of age and discovering their sexuality and there's all kinds of heavy issues in there. I'm sorry that we didn't see it because we're seeing bits and pieces from this show and the music is amazing. Yeah, it remind it's very like sort of rock opera-y. It reminds Almost, me a little bit of like Rent right, or In exactly. the Heights or Hamilton, that kind yeah. of music feel. Well, you know, it's based on the real life drama, a real life drama teacher whose name was Lou um, Volpe, who was from Truman High School in Levittown, Pennsylvania at a time when, when Levittown, Pennsylvania was destitute. And he came in and he built this drama department that became internationally renowned. So it's based on a real-life story, which I always like. That is interesting, But yeah. 10 minutes into it, first of all, I was so grateful to you two for telling me to watch it, but 10 minutes into it, I'm thinking, oh, you know what this is? This is Friday Night Lights without football. <laughs> and then I went and looked up the writer. He wrote Friday Night oh, Lights. Fine. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, so... I, and I was like, yes, I can hear, you know, it's so is the same thing where you're going into a number of families in a, in a very, very poor town and very where there isn't situ- much of a future. And you're going to touch a number of families as something good is happening inside the school, which is where the community's folks. And yeah. it's very real situations. Very similar yeah. to, to Friday Well, Night and Night. there's the thing that was reminding me of Love, Love Simon it was the character also named Simon, which isn't that interesting, yeah, um, played by Ted Sutherland, who is in the theater kid, who is a, the best, you know, the most talented male performer who's always had the male lead. But instead of getting the male lead, he's cast in a tertiary character, also an important character, who is homosexual and has a, lo- a, hel- a love scene with another boy. And he comes from a very conservative um, religious family that is not okay with him play with the with the play at all, and certainly with not with their son playing that kind of a role. Well, you know, um, Josh Radner, who plays the lead in this, who and plays it beautiful. I mean, he should be looking at an Emmy, at least a nomination, at least a nod. Okay, who does he look exactly like? There's only know. one answer to this question. What's the answer? John Krasinski. Yeah, he is. He looks. Oh my god! Like I, I kept thinking it's John Krasinski, and then I'm like, no, it can't be because there's no way he would do yeah. this. We should say that the writer is Jason Katims, and the one I mentioned, who wrote Friday Night Lights. Um, I'd like to use his name because this man can write. I can't wait to see what he's going to do next. You know. Yeah, and it's interesting too when I started to think back about what's been going on with Rise that there's an affair with you know the kids dealing with an affair between parents. There's an alcoholic situation or deal with, dealing with alcoholism. There's someone in the foster care system that's not that's not going well. All of dealing which are with true in Friday Night Lights, the, by the way. Yeah, and there there's um, dealing with some, your sexuality. There's so many issues that, but they make it seem natural. It's not doesn't feel like it's crammed into no the, the brilliant show. directing. Yeah. You know, again, so many subplots that you have a really hard time putting that all together. And I think you did a great job. I like although a, it's a little darkly lit. I think I like a show mm-hmm. that introduces those things like normal life because it is normal life it's what everybody goes through it's what many kids are experiencing but why am i not hearing about it anywhere i don't know where did you hear about it we saw commercials for it yeah on nbc i don't watch nbc (laughs) 
Wait, is that what, what the Yankees are on? They, these are Yankee fans here. No, Yankees no, are on the oh, yes channel. Was, oh, <laughs> Yankee season's just started. Baseball season's just starting, so we haven't been watching. Um, and we didn't. We watched some spring training games, but no, there were not Rise commercials during well, spring Well, I training. never saw a Rise commercial. And again, this is a sleeper. We really, I urge you to see it, and I thank you guys for bringing it in. You're so, welcome. So we covered a lot this week. Um, so thanks for coming again, guys. And we hope you enjoyed this podcast. And we'll be doing some more shortly. Do be sure and write into us and let us know if there's a movie you think we should be talking about or a TV show we should be reviewing. So have a great week, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.